Welcome, dear teachers, to Alpha Topics, a podcast in which we will analyze, summarize, and pinpoint the most important information from the different topics. I'm your host, Robert, from Alpha Teachers. If you want to learn much more, follow me on Instagram for new tips and podcasts. Today, we embark on a journey through the realm of language acquisition. A fascinating odyssey where theories abound, yet clarity remains elusive. In this topic, we will delve into the chronicles of linguistic history, where we'll encounter the winds of change propelling us towards the evolution of language teaching on the current trends. Picture this transformative landscape where the communicative approach emerges as a beacon of pedagogical progress. According to the words of Swan in 1985, under the influence of this approach, language teaching has surged forward, forging new pathways to linguistic proficiency. This episode aims to unravel the intricate dance between theory and practice, shedding light on the evolution of language instruction. But attention, for the learning journey we embark upon is eclectic, a mosaic of methodologies, each offering a unique perspective on the sacred art of language teaching. For those of you unfamiliar with the term eclectic, it means to consider a broad and diverse range of ideas. For the correct way of interpreting language teaching is not to stick to just one theory, but to take that which makes more sense from the different theories that talk about how a language is taught. So, in this journey of language teaching evolution, every approach contributes to the vibrant narrative of how language should be imparted to eager minds. Approaches to language teaching Our tale commences in the corridors of history, where the well-established and respected Latin language emerged as the first ever lingua franca. It was a time in which this ancient language reigned supreme, permeating education, governments and commerce alike. Everyone, from scholars to merchants, delved into the intricacies of Latin, unlocking its secrets within the hallowed walls of monastic schools where the grammar translation method was used to learn the language. Scholars meticulously decoded the linguistic mysteries of Latin through the analysis of grammatical rules and translation techniques, breeding life into the method that would shape language instruction for centuries. The wheel of time turned, and with it came a shift in the linguistic paradigm. Modern languages beaconed, yet the methodology used to teach these languages remained persistent. The communicative approach to language teaching was but a distant dream, and students were passive observers in the grand theatre of language learning, where the learner's L1 was always used to learn the L2. At this time, there was no such thing as an active methodology, not even a blurred idea of it. Grammar Translation Method Let's picture a time not too long ago, where language instruction was an exercise in the rigid idea of the grammar translation method. This method, born in the times of Greek and Latin instruction, 
stood as the main way people learned a language. Students were tasked with mastering the grammar and vocabulary of a language, or with the objective of analyzing and understanding old literary texts. There was no room for conversation in this method. The purpose with this method was far more prescriptive, to assimilate the grammatical rules, absorb the vocabulary, and delve into the realms of literature. It was a journey of academia, far from the lively banter of spoken language. As time marched forward, the grammar translation method adapted to the evolving landscape of language education. Its tendrils reached into the realm of modern languages, where grammar rules of the target language became the focal point. The grammar translation method stood for all we hate nowadays. Lists of vocabulary, the interpretation of text with the aid of dictionaries, and the watchful eye of a teacher with authority who taught everything in the mother tongue and invited you to be silent while you translated your texts. In this realm, accuracy held sway over fluency, and the air burst with the hum of memorization. What was the purpose? The purpose was to equip students with the ability to read the literature of the target language, where the written words held the keys to linguistic mastery. The Direct Method A beacon of innovation spurred in France between 1860 and 1920, courtesy of the ingenious minds of Sauveur and Berlitz. Contrary to the beliefs of the grammar translation method, language learning was considered an intuitive dance, an innate capacity everyone had in sight waiting to be awakened. The direct method unfurled its wings, declaring that proper conditions could stir this linguistic awakening. Such conditions established that in order to learn a language properly, society must speak the language, conversation must flourish, and a shared desire to understand and be understood must permeate the air. In this method, the target language takes center stage as the means of classroom instruction. Grammar presents itself through deductive examples, and the classroom becomes a vibrant marketplace of oral exchange. Instead of analyzing text word by word, they were distributed with the intention of making the learner understand difficult words and expressions by paraphrasing them with synonyms. As we traverse the landscape of this method, a resounding conclusion emerges. Languages should first be learned orally, taught through the rhythm of usage rather than the monotony of memorization. In addition, this method also showed us a principle that stands its ground today. The mother tongue must not infiltrate the classroom while teaching a different language. This method strongly believed that translation and grammatical rules were excluded from the learning scenario. Phonetics took center stage and the pace of vocabulary acquisition became a leisurely stroll rather than a sprint. The direct method, for all its revolutionary fervor, encountered these challenges on its journey to reshape language instruction.
Language learning in the 20th century. In spite of many attempts to change language teaching, it continued to be pretty much the same until at least World War I. When there were attempts to present grammar in natural sequences, to translate text and to include conversation lessons. In this context, some schools started to offer the learning of oral and productive skills. Among others, the most important school was the Berlitz School. We now enter the Berlitz School, a linguistic oasis founded in 1878 in Rhode Island by the visionary Maximilian Berlitz. Imagine a world where the slogan, the eye is the enemy of the ear, echoed through language classrooms. A testament to the immersive power of oral instruction, especially in the realm of English. The success of Berlitz was nothing short of remarkable, sprouting more than 200 schools worldwide by 1940. This pedagogical powerhouse rooted in the direct method took the language learning landscape by storm. French, German and English flowed from the lips of native speaking teachers. Classrooms were places where translation and the mother tongue were banished and grammatical explanations remained veiled until the later stages in the course. Here, the emphasis was on the spoken word, a vibrant dance of question and answer techniques that gained limelight in the language learning journey. Communicative approach to language teaching. There has been a change over the last half century in the way that languages have been taught. Teachers, students and linguists realize that the most important element of language learning is the ability to communicate. And due to this, many methods have been developed to achieve this objective, culminating with the development of the communicative approach. For us to understand the communicative approach better, let's picture a classroom where motivation is not just a spark but a roaring flame fueled by the belief that learning a foreign language is a gateway to practical usefulness. It's a space where students are given the opportunity to share their ideas and opinions, a journey where language isn't just a set of rules but a powerful tool for communication. The communicative approach believes that language has to be used in meaningful contexts so as to be learned. In other words, it is the continuous dance of understanding and making oneself understood. In a classroom where the principles of the communicative approach are followed, language isn't confined to grammatical books, but it is viewed as a dynamic means of interaction. In other words, language teaching is meant for students to achieve a communicative competence in the target language with the purpose of communicating with other speakers. Better said, language is seen as a means of communication. Students must be aware of the competence areas of the language mentioned by Canal and Swain in 1980. So, in order to be a successful language learner, one must master the four areas of communicative competence established by Canal and Swain, which include a discourse competence, that is, grammar used with meanings, a strategic competence, that is, how to manage to supply a lack in language, a sociolinguistic competence, that is, how to use different patterns in context, and lastly, a sociocultural competence, that is, how a native speaker would react 
in a given situation. According to this approach, the student's native language takes a backseat as function and form take the spotlight. The spotlight shifts from the teacher to the learner, where the aim is not just linguistic competence, but a holistic communicative ability. Fluency isn't the sole goal, it's about understanding the nuances of effective communication. In this context, we find new methods that have sprouted since the 1980s and that have based their methodology on the idea of approaching language teaching communicatively. Some examples include the silent way, where the focus shifts to the teaching of a small number of functional and versatile words that can be used in many contexts. It is silent because the teacher remains silent so as to foster self-correction when making a mistake. Something curious about this method is the association of sounds to colors to work on pronunciation. Another method is Suggestopedia. External elements such as decoration, furniture or music are essential because the learner must feel as comfortable as possible to be confident to engage in communication. One more example of a method based on the communicative approach is Total Physical Response, also known as TPR, great for children as it associates words to gestures. Physical movement is used to react to verbal inputs. These are just some examples, which we don't have to use if we're not truly convinced. Instead, the point is to acknowledge that the communicative approach to language learning has influenced authors to create methods based on its principles. And like this, we say farewell to topic number one, in which we have learned that language is a living entity used with one main purpose, to communicate. It's not about making students learn vocabulary or grammar. It's about engaging students in communicative experiences that will allow them to use the language to their abilities in order to communicate meaning. If you want to learn more, don't forget to get this topic on my gun workshop, where you will find all of the available topics. I also recommend you add a relation between this topic and the curriculum, and a didactic application of the content of the topic to the classroom. If you would like some help to do so, remember you also have these resources available on Gumroad. Thanks for listening and see you in the next episode of Arpa Topics.